This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Now, Jack Fritz yes. and, and the wonderful, beautiful High Hopes listeners, you might be wondering, why such a good yo? Yeah, sir. I, I was mean, actually wondering the same I mean, thing. 82 wins, big deal. Like, I mean, they, you know, who care? Oh, they went over 500. Like, who gives a bleep? Uh, they were incredibly disappointing, pulled us back in a million times, made us believe a million times, and then got freaking swept in Atlanta in the most embarrassing, like, best series ever. I'll tell you what that was, Jack. I will tell you what that yo was, because that yo was was for once. I always attach the yo to the... The feel of the Phillies, you know, what's going on? What's the feel in the moment, all that, what what they're doing for us. But instead, I decided that this yo, after that season, that yo was for every single person listening to this podcast right now. It was for the diseased. It was for the people who watched that freaking Marlin series, or at least until Sunday. Uh, I'll, I'll admit, Eagles game, I watched it. I had to, and I did not pay attention on Sunday, but like, I watched Friday and Saturday. I watched that Brave series with, even though I knew they weren't going to get it, like at least a touch of hope. And to all the people who listen to this podcast and make this what it is, like, thank you. Because that season would have been so much worse without you, and it was already pretty frustrating. So that was for everyone out there. What up, buddy? That's a beautiful opening statement, James. And I <laughs> We gotta stick together, man. Like if we don't stick together through this, like we will lose our minds. It's a decade, Jack. A decade. It... And we just won eighty two games. Like we a decade without the playoffs. A decade we eighty two games. We got our high point. This was the high watermark since I turned thirty. So <laughs> yeah, and now I'm forty, as we all no. So anyway, that sucks for all, all the people with us on this ride. That sucks. You should try not turning 40 if I was in your, in your uh, shoes. You know, buddy. Well, the alternative was not as uh, appealing. Yes. So I, I went, I turned 40. And I also want to say something to the High Hopes listeners um, because I want to apologize for, I feel like we, you know, I feel like you and I kind of, you know, jumped around the schedule this year. And like some, t- some days we, we, we were pretty consistent with Monday and Thursdays or whatnot. Um, you know, I feel like the schedule got a little jumbled this year and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, part of that was cause you didn't have a computer for what, like two months. It <laughs> so, sure yeah, felt like Jack that. is basically apologizing for me. Yeah. I am on a new computer now. So I had a lot of times like we have to record from home, obviously, because we work, it, it sucks that eight hours of our day is back to back. So we can never record from essentially 10 AM to 6 PM. Cause we're both working concurrently back to back. So uh, sometimes we have to record at home the most times. And I had a computer that fr- excuse the term fritzed out. Wow. And, uh, Are you associating <laughs> my name to your computer? That that's literally what just popped in my head. Wow. Fritzy and slip as they might slay. Uh, might but yeah, slay. so anyway, my computer stunk and look, buying a new computer is not like a, Hey, I'm just going to buy a new computer right now. Yeah. Or at least maybe it's for some people, Jack, but believe it or not, I don't have that kind of money. So, we took our time. We found the right one. We figured out what we want to do. And now I have a new computer, and I'm sorry. You don't have that maturity by any 40-year-old, but I'm glad that you were able to show that level of maturity, pal. That is that is good process, as the, as the kids say. Also, speaking of fritzing, did, did, was, this whole, <laughs> was this whole last decade just on the fritz? 
It kind of was, yeah. man. I mean, am I the worst thing yeah. that's ever happened to this? To, am I the worst thing that's ever happened to the Phillies? I mean, me know? or me or and Glenzak, which was worse? I mean, you gave us a Bryce MVP season. That's true. So I think I think that alone, you know, makes it now. Better. One thing, I mean, because Glenzak and McPhail give us nothing, right? Nothing, nothing. Now, the one thing that you said in the open that I woefully disagree with. And I know ooh, this because ooh, I know wow, you. Wow, you're, you're about to hate on our listeners, huh? Oh, no, 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 no. I am we, not. A weird, weird strategy, but go for it. Not hating on our listeners. I'm hating on you. I'm only oh, hating on you. I like that more. That's yes. fair. Go ahead. You said no one cared that they won 82 games. Buddy, there was a lot of people that cared they won 82 well, games. I know. It, uh, a little bit of, uh, <laughs> yes, I, irony in the sense that I did care quite a bit. Yes. Because that was uh, the largest bet I've ever made. And I don't how, make big bets. How much was it? $30. I'm <laughs> really happy for you. I'm really... I don't know how embarrassing that is to admit. But yes, the $30 over on 81 and a half was the biggest bet, sports bet I've ever made in my life. And I won it. So I did care. <laughs> and just fine. think, if Thank you didn't cash you. that bet, Zoe's not going to college. So I know. I know. Yep. I know. I know. Uh, all right, and a final thing here is uh, when are we talking about the Cubs? Oh, we're done. This is a quick pod. I know the Cubs thing. Yeah, when are, we, are we are we breaking down the 2016 Cubs run now, or are we, uh, are we doing that a little later? Yeah. So let's just say uh, another sorry. A lot of sorries to start off the pod. <laughs> we're very sorry. <laughs> it's like a, our apology tour. We should be apologizing. The freaking Philly should. We'll get to that. Right. But yes, to your point, we had no idea. Like, honestly, I was like everyone else there. I texted Jack. I see a picture of like a Cubs pod in our feed. And I'm like, hey, buddy, what's this? And he's like, I don't know. So we found out from our company that it is a company thing and and that they were promoting another pod through our pod feed. And, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, also, I mean, just a quick take on the 2016 Cubs. You know, Theo, you know, he's still overrated and he's not going to be the Mets GM. So. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah. He, I'm glad he got his one World Series title because he's never gonna sniff one again. <laughs> we got you got multiple World Series titles. Well, and, and can we? Uh, how uh, how are you coming in and ripping Theo for not taking the Mets job? We should be like, thank you, Theo. Actually, you, you amazing human being for not wanting that job. Thank you. Well, he turned down the Phillies first. That's why I'm mad at him. Well, but, he was never coming here. Come on, a kid can honest. dream. A kid. I know. I know. You're in your 40s now. But a young man yes. like me can still have dreams, okay? Yes, yes, it's true. It's true. I, you know, I mean, that's the wrong dream. We right. were right when we said Neander. That's the dream. Let's let's keep things in perspective. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 almost like the final four teams left. We're all from the Rays, uh, <laughs> or like the the highest seeds four or whatever. Yeah, yeah, well, at least at least we hired the analyst guy from the Angels to run our team. I know, I know. Uh, it doesn't, Jack, it doesn't matter. You know why? Preston Mattingly. Yep. We're all good. Everything's We're all good. Yep. I mean, everything's on the right track now. The, the, I'm not going to put too much pressure on one human being, Preston Mattingly. You're the most important person in Philadelphia. I'm just saying. Yeah, and, and, and all I'm saying is this, is that Preston Mattingly getting the correct son for the first time would be a nice change. <laughs> you know, every other team... Every other team yeah. can have their Fernando Tatis Jr., their Vlad Jr., Boba Shett. Like, you can have the son. 
But honestly, can we get like the player development version of of Vlad Guerrero Jr. or Fernando Tatis? Like, can we get that? Because honestly, it's probably more impactful than those guys. Oh, no, probably. It's way more impactful. It just flat out is. I mean, maybe not than all of them together, but certainly than each one individually. I mean, it just has a bigger impact on the overall long-term health of a club, and you could do it way longer, although I assume if he dominates in that role, he would ascend and so on and so forth. But, yeah, it would be nice. I mean, we always get the the crappy brother, right? Yep. We always get the, you know, Jeremy Giambi instead or instead of Jason, you know, or Mike Maddox. all that kind of stuff. You know, all yeah, Mike Matt. I mean, so many through through all the sports. Casey it's just Matthews. been a yeah, Casey Matthews is like the poster boy. I mean, so many. It's just it's what we do. So it would be nice to get the 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 win on one of those for once. Get a fit. Not that you know, I think there's a chance he's better uh, executive than Donnie Baseball was a player. Can we call him Pressy Baseball? Does that work? That's mm, not. No, it doesn't. Okay. I, I Preston will say, Baseball, Mister no. Baseball. That's Tom Selleck. Right. No, I think he's just <laughs> I think he's Preston until we get some good studs up here at this point. He's he hasn't earned the the cool nickname yet. Um but I <laughs> That's am, fair. But I am going on the record and I'm going to say the official position now I, I did not run this by you. But the official position <laughs> I love of, when you, I love when you do this, by the way. Yes, when I when I make declarations that you didn't approve of. Yeah, that I'm a, a part of. So yeah, go ahead. What what are we in on now? Preston Mattingly is the Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> of farm directors. Farm directors. Yes. Uh, cosign. That is the official High Hopes platform uh, uh, company line. This is what we believe. That yes. is that is the new official Except position. better. I mean, it's uh, my only issue with it is it's it's slightly underselling, Preston Mattingly. I agree, but Mike Trout doesn't have a, a son yet in baseball, so I can't I can't do that. Yet. Or he doesn't have a famous dad. That's true. And he might as well be a Cowboys fan for all I care. Yeah, I mean, he might as well not even be in baseball, right? I mean, the impact he's making. Exactly. You know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not even the best player on your own team anymore. That's exactly. Well, facts are facts. <laughs> And that I mean, guy, it's a fact. I mean, and that guy actually quickly, cares about winning, unlike unlike Mike. Yeah, quickly. I mean, we all agree that Shohei Otani is the most talented baseball player of our lifetime, right? Like, just without a like, whether or not he's the best, whatever you have, like, in terms of just pure baseball talent, he is the most talented player I've ever seen. Like, well, and that's without say, question, and that's saying something from you because you saw Babe Ruth. Um, I know, I know. I saw Ruth, DiMaggio. I saw Ted Williams. I saw all these really Mays. Yep. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, he throws 100 miles an hour and he hits balls 450 feet. And yeah, uh, yeah I mean, listen, he, he pit, I mean, his ERA was what, around three? And, it's insane. Dude. And he hit and he, like 40 and league, he's, yeah. It's just, anyway. It's yeah, a, I mean, that's, but that's what's so crazy is that, like, they just have no shot at winning ever. Like, the Angels never win. I know. It's it's it it really is like astounding, and it is such a good example of what baseball is. Where like it's a perfect, you know, analogy for the sport. You could have the the two best players in the sport, and my, and obviously got hurt this year, but Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and like you're not gonna win anything. Like that's insane. I mean, that, in any other sport, you know, certainly football, if you have the best quarterback, you're gonna be a playoff team every year, if nothing else. You know, basketball, you're obviously gonna be a playoff team and probably a championship team if you've got the best player in the sport. Certainly, two of the best players in the sport. Baseball is just not like that. It's awesome. It's part of the beauty of it. 
Listen, it's I, why the freaking Giants can win three in five years with with teams that like people still don't remember the players of. It's why the freaking well, Royals won in twenty fifteen, or like it's like there are so many examples of it. It's it's what baseball is. Well, I remember those Giants teams, sadly. I know. Well, they I remember so them all not, too. You're well. not that. You're not that young. Remember, not well, that young. and they and they ruined I know, my. I should have said no one years. Will remember. Yes. Outside of Buster Posey and Madison Bumgarner, uh, the, the rest of those names will fade into history. Well, yeah. Well, Buster Posey was, I mean, it was Belt. It was, was, uh, I Crawford. I mean, Freddie there Sanchez guys were there. Yeah. Freddie Sanchez. Jonathan, how about Jonathan Sanchez? Yeah, that was Jonathan. him. Him versus Utley, Cody Ross. Uh, well, Cody Ross scores. Yeah, we, we remember we played them, we lost them. But you know what I mean? I mean, historically, like, we're going to look back on those teams. And and Buster Posey and Madison Bumgarner are going to be the only two, like truly historical relevant names. You know, Brandon Crawford's going to have a great freaking career, and he'll probably be underrated historically. But no one's going to in in thirty years look back at Brandon Crawford and be like, "Well, that's one of the best I ever saw do it." You know, like it, that that. But they did it, like, and that's what baseball is. You can win like that, you know. And it's why the Phillies didn't win this year. I mean, again, it's a perfect uh, contrast to the fact the Phillies have the MVP and a top three Cy Young guy. And they were an 82 in baseball team. Yeah. Do you think the Angels, uh, like the, the Angels version of High Hopes, looks at the Phillies and says, "Wow, it must suck to be a Phillies fan." <laughs> like that we basically just did. But here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. Angels don't have fans, and thus no version of High Hopes. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah, no, but, one, no one cares. There's no disease. Fill- the only reason this podcast exists is because we have people with us who who care like to their core about this team and it's part of the the, what makes them happy day in and day out it's what they live with like what makes them them care like i know you are a perfect example i mean you are literally tied to this team and and your happiness is tied to it like the angels man they don't fans like that they got like five fans like that who care like that dude it really you you speak of you know how they i am like very emotionally uh uh, (laughs) connected to this team and like dude i was sitting there watching the marlin series and i was just like I felt free. Like, I was like, wow. It was nice. And well, you know, it's funny is just to bring back home your original point that, that some people cared and I cared. I didn't feel free on Friday. Like I needed them to win that, that bleeping game for my money. Like I was like, win that game. And then Saturday, it was the most free I've ever felt watching a game. It really is. It was, it felt like I was watching a spring training game where I was like, ah, you know, I just want to see if anyone's improving. You know, I just, you know, I'm just looking for little things. And it was like, wow, I don't have to worry about the playoffs and what a crazy feeling that is. And, and and then last night happens, James, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching Yankees Red Sox and the Bogarts home run, Bogarts home run, and you know you hear that roar again, and you uh-huh. and, and you hear the like, because the the CBP roar back in the day was real, like it just it had a different level of loudness, and what I heard last night at at Fenway was the same kind of thing, and it was just like, dude. I I I just I miss it I miss it so much like it's like playoff baseball is just a different level of intensity and like watching your team win in October is a different level of intensity and a different level of happiness and a different level of excitement because it can stop on a dime and it can turn on a dime and you can feel momentum coming you can feel the loss coming you can feel the win coming it doesn't matter like you can you you sense all of that you know when the tides are about to turn and when it explodes it explodes and i just i just I can't believe we're sitting here again, eleven like again, like the Roy Halladay no hitter was eleven years ago today. Eleven years ago, I remember exactly where I was. You know, it's, and it's been we haven't had, like we haven't had real new Phillies memories in a decade. I mean, 
we'll all we'll all forever be grateful for for Tyler Goodell throwing out the runner of the plate to Cameron Rupp. Like, uh, who could ever forget where they are for that? Or like, you know, the Hamels no hitter in in Chicago. Um, you know, Bryce signing Bryce's first homer. Like, you know, the Bryce Grand Slam. Like, uh, sure, they're they're fine. But like, dude, I still get I, I know i said it a couple months ago like i'm sick and tired of hearing the highlights and maybe that's because i played them too much um but like now i play them again and i'm like oh see this is just the greatest and maybe it's because i'm watching playoff baseball but it's like how did we get here you know like we're, we're we have now the second longest playoff you know uh drought Drop. in in baseball like we're and i know it's been a lifetime of misery for many of our well actually not many of our listeners but people of your generation and older <laughs> where it's like where it's been where it's been which decades of this incompetence and i just i it's a new era and 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 it's it's time to to turn over that new leaf and it's time to start winning again like that this the last 4 years i know we 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 focus on the last 4 years so much but these were years that were supposed to be competing, um, but these last four years have just been dreadful. This year was dreadful. I mean, it was ups and downs, it was roller coasters. But after they lost, after the Diamondback series, I never felt like they were any good. And I know you had been out earlier, but I legitimately felt like that after the eight-game winning streak, I was like, okay, they're good. They figured it out. They're figuring out how to come back and win games. I see the makings of a good baseball team here. And then the last. I don't know, two months of the year, I was like, no, they're not. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do this because they're because they're just a losing baseball team. They don't have, they don't know how to win. And um, I just, this city has been so supportive of this team. I know, I know that the, the attendance has hasn't totally shown that, but like people care about the Phillies in this town, and it's just it's a whole generation, James, of kids have no idea what winning baseball feels like. And that needs to end. They need to save baseball this time. They need to bring it back because it is magical, magical when they figure out how to win here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love all that, obviously. It's pretty funny because, I, I mean, I think your last point is is the most important, and you're so right. It's that, you know, kids who are, you know, 17, 18, 16, whatever it is, you know, who are baseball fans, which, again, you know, that's something we need, right? <laughs> we need younger people loving the game that we love. Um, I say that as a old person, as Jack likes to point out. But, you know, that th- these people don't know what it's like to win here, and it's hard for them to, to connect in the same way. And it's funny because it didn't, Chris, I, like, this is something that that it when I, I step back from, from you know, the 20,000, 30,000 foot view, whatever it is, like, it's it seems obvious to me now, but it, it kind of crystallized in my head that I, I think about our pod and the way we do it and how you're always the one who's kind of more optimistic and more willing to believe and, you know, kind of more, even more frustrated when they, they lose and when you, when they make you not believe. And I, and I, I never really thought about why, like you said there, like, of course that makes sense because I grew up with a Phillies team where I expected this, like this last 10 years feels way more normal for me as a fan than the five year run. That was the best run we've ever had, you know? So it's, it's really funny because I do think that that and again, you know, this is like, you know, psychoanalytical and all that stuff. But I do think that that is like informed our perspectives as Phillies fans and informed the way the the dynamic that we have on this podcast, because like I go in just from what I grew up with, with this like negative belief in this team and their ability to compete because. It, the, they they didn't make the playoffs till my 12th year of life. And then they didn't do it again until I was 20, 
24, 26, whatever. Like, I mean, like, and that's it. Like the first 26 years of my life, I had 93. And that was it. Like, that was it until Tommy got here. And it was like, oh, they're like not horrible, but not a playoff team. And it's totally shaped the way I look at the Phillies. Like that five-year run was amazing and stuff. But to me, that is the total anomaly. But you and people of your generation and, and younger than you and stuff, like, like you were younger when that happened. That was more formative for you. That was your 93 Phillies and people a little bit younger than you, like that idea. And it was a five-year run of glory. And I just think that's really fascinating that that I do think that informs our perspective and and why for me like this ten year drought feels more normal and and I'm with you it shouldn't Jack like your main point holds like this has to end like people in this city love this team we will be there even that Met series this season this season you know during the eight game win streak we saw it at the end like people showed up people showed up for the the one glimpse the tiniest babyest <laughs> glimpse of a good baseball team like, the smallest thing you could imagine like Andy Dufresne at the uh the, 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 know, getting through I the know. tunnel I know, and it shouldn't be this way. You're right, Jack. Again, and I know that this stat is somewhat inflated by the you know eight playoff teams in each division last year, but the fact that Phillies have the second longest playoff drought in the sport, and the Mariners almost made it this year. At least the Mariners ran into the last two days of the season. Last and it was day like of the season, really legitimately fun you know? looking. Yeah, like you know, like at least they had that. Like it is embarrassing. It's embarrassing that the Philadelphia Phillies. This, granted, were a bad historical organization. We all know that, but like that after that run, that, that glory that we had and won a world series and went to another. And, and this whole thing like that, that it's just been 10 years of, of utter mediocre, not even mediocre, mostly bad and mediocre recently. It's it, it, it has to end Jack. It has to. That well, it doesn't have to end. Preston Mattingly, buddy. Uh, no, nope. Preston. We're not putting too much pressure on you, Preston. But I want you to end not just a decade of suffering, but you know, a whole lifetime. And again, I speak, Jack. Think about it, like I speak about myself. And yes, the the people who are older than me had the like seventy, late seventies, early eighties runs. So maybe you have that, and then you have the. But then again, from that to ninety three is you know twenty years, you know, or, or thirteen years. I mean, and then another twenty past, you know, till. 2007 and all that it's it's just like it's tough yeah so like i don't know if there's any um uh, probably not but i don't know if there's any 140 year olds listening to this podcast but preston mattingly has to (laughs) change the fortunes of the losing his franchise in the history of sports uh that only had two real runs of of uh uh success glory so yeah, and then you got the Wiz Kids in the '93, and yep. neither of them won. So Preston, that's it. I mean, Pre- it's crazy. Preston, do it for the 140 year old, 40 year olds out there that have but, watched this baseball Pre- team for a long time. Preston Mattingly, who is six years younger than me, <laughs> let's put all of this on you, buddy. Um, all right, let, let's let's get to Nebraska real quick, because because we haven't really talked. He did speak today. Um, and, and, you know, we're joking about Mattingly, but we we joke because like Jack and I, and and let me tell you how many you know, off high hopes conversations at work we have had about just our glowing excitement and love for Preston Mattingly. But, yes. but ultimately Dave Dombrowski hired Preston Mattingly. Dave Dombrowski is the, the, and, and I think we're excited about Mattingly because of, you know, we're, we're player development guys and we're excited about some youth there and some development in the future with that guy. But like right now, Dave Dombrowski in reality, like is the most important person in this organization because he is the one who is has to like Jack. It's like a double barrel thing. Like he has to worry about making the major league roster competitive and also 
the more important thing of rebuilding the franchise and the way they do things. And and that actually, as we've talked about, is something I actually have a lot of confidence in Dave Dombrowski in because he's been around winning organizations. Like he knows what a winning organization looks like. He knows how things should you know, flow. And and we know that there have been issues. So I, 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 I feel confident in that. But he's got a lot on his plate, man. He's got to worry about making this roster uh, that is the fifth highest payroll in baseball that won 82 games better with, you know, some flexibility, but not as much as you'd like, especially if Middleton's not going over the tax. And then also worry about revamping this whole thing. Like, We'll get into the specifics of what he said, but but what are your thoughts on Dombrowski leading this franchise into this offseason, this first full offseason with the Phillies, for what it's worth, um, and kind of all the things that are on his plate and how he has to balance that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess yeah, I guess I do come off as sarcastic a lot of times, James. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. The guy who says life's a bit? No. Everything in life is a bit? No. Yeah. Well, it, sometimes I'm not sarcastic. You know? I know, and I've seen it. I swear, I've seen it. And on Twitter, you know, you know, sometimes, sometimes it really does feel like a loss. But um, I did tweet a couple of days ago about how, like, I'm glad Dave Dombrowski is here, and there was a lot of comments like, "Are you being sarcastic?" Which is like, <laughs> I guess it's not great for the brand because I really do trust him. But um, yeah, I just. I feel really good about Dave, and and I know that you know we when we first hired, we, he was the only guy we didn't want, and I know it's kind of ourselves talking and talking talking into it, um, but really it's just it's it's more about what he's done. It's more about it's more about where this team's at, and you know I I feel like a lot of people expected us, James, to to get on this podcast and and be all downtrodden about the the Phillies and like oh another well they. They didn't have a losing season, but it sure felt like a losing season. So <laughs> it was for all intents and purposes. Yes, but they hit the over, so that's all that counts. So Zoe can Zoe can yeah, go to college. Um, but but yeah, so like, I guess I guess the reason why I'm not that down is because of Dave Dombrowski, because I because I trust Dave Dombrowski, and I'm glad that he's here. And I I just I like the, the fact that he hired a guy like Preston Mattingly, and and the and the fact that he hired a guy like that who. I think is definitely analytically driven, you know, definitely progressive uh, from that standpoint. But he also played the game. You know, he was, he was a first-round pick. He didn't make it, but he was a first-round pick. And, um, like, the fact that he trusted that guy and didn't just go and sign, like, an old-time lifer that, that's like, ah, we're going to come in and we're going to work on bunting and hitting the ball the other way and, like, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Like, the fact that he did that... Like he, I feel like he he knows what a modern organization needs to look like, and he needs to get the Phillies there. And I just, I, I'm just really, really impressed with him. I'm impressed that he's coming in and he's not using the old notions that were here, and it's kind of flipping that on its head a little bit. Like firing Joe Dillon and firing Juan Castro was was, it was impressive to me. Like he didn't it's care. Bold. Yeah, like he doesn't care. Like he knows what is right and what is wrong. Like we didn't. When they made all the announcements about player development, even back then, it was like, wow, this guy's been here for eight months and he's basically cleaning out the top of the d- department because he knows what a real modern baseball team I- is yep. supposed to function from the top down. And if they can execute and actually execute having data-driven stuff with the 
you know, uh, player's perspective, you know, where they are working on hitting behind runners or whatever and, and playing smart fundamental baseball. And you actually are developing a Phillies way so that when these guys come up here, they know what they're doing. And then you, you don't have to hear and read articles about the, the organizational dysfunction that's going on in the minor leagues. And you have all that stuff. Like, again, you can actually get everyone on the same page and you can you can you can have players come up and actually produce and be ready to go. Like, I just I'm I'm so glad that he's here and there's an adult in the room at that and that like I don't think Middleton knows what he's doing. And I think that's been proven. Um, But I think he has a guy now that he can be like, all right, well, I trust you. And I'm just I'm just so impressed that he's not just bringing in all these old guys and and trusting them. Like he actually knows that you're not catching the Dodgers, you're not catching these teams by going back to the old way. And I'm sorry if that <laughs> if that annoys older people, but like they're not winning by going back and 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 doing the little things or whatever, which is important, but it's not how you actually win big. Um so I just I'm I'm really impressed. Uh Preston Mattingly, I thought was a, a massive hire. Um, but just being a man of action and, and stepping in here, knowing how this is supposed to look and, and doing the job. And like there was work. I, I was worried when they hired him that like he was more focused on Nashville and he was only here because Nashville kind of fell through. Well, he's been committed. I mean, he's been very committed to his job here. And I think that's impressive, and I'm glad he's here. And honestly, I, I just can't wait for this offseason because I think we're going to see the real Dave Dombrowski. I am giving Dave Dombrowski a pass for the Chase Andersons and Matt Moores and, and like, the moves from last year. Like, I'll give him a pass on that stuff because I think the real Dave Dombrowski is going to show up this offseason. Yeah, man. I, I'm right there with you. Look at and that. And that's certainly not something I expected to say a year ago at this time when we were saying, please don't hire Dave Dombrowski. Look. Sometimes we're wrong. Most of the times we're wrong. Most of the time we're wrong. (laughs) We're not right. But we were not like at least so far. Like I'm with you. What I've seen Dave Namowski like hand up. I was wrong because I to your point, we thought it was an Andy McPhail type of hire, right? Like this is the the original idea of what at least John Middleton thought he was getting in Andy McPhail. That's Dave Dombrowski. Like the the guy who's been around the league forever, who knows everyone, who's plugged in, who's a baseball lifer, who understands what a modern organization is supposed to look like, but also understands what's important from the old part of baseball, from the the, the less modern organization, something that he is one with. All these things knows how a player development organization should look like, knows what a draft and you know, like all these plans and processes and stuff should look like. And and to your point, is willing to take action. Is not just putting his feet up and saying, "Hey, I'm here. I'm going to hang out for a while." Like Dave Dombrowski's here to to do something, and and I'm 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 so with you on on how impressed I've been with what he's done, and the Mattingly hire is certainly part of it. But to your point, I think him just cleaning house alone, like that was another bold move by him. Like he got rid of two assistant general managers and another guy who's been in the organization for for a significant portion of time. Like he came in and said, "Like you're all out." Because we all need to be on the same page. We need, to your point, a Phillies way, whatever that is, because we all know there's a Rays way, and we all know there's a Dodgers way, and we all know there's an Indians way, or we all know there's a Blue Jays way now, or whatever it is, like all these smart organizations. 
that's what they do. They have their way of doing things, uh, top to bottom, and and to to have a way, like inherently, right? Like you all have to be doing the same thing. You all have to be teaching the same thing. You all have to be working towards the same goal. And that was clearly not the case with with what was set up when Nebraska got here. And look, I'm I'm willing to give him a pass on last offseason too. I'm not I'm not gonna like fully say that that I'm like, oh, yay, Anderson and more. That was a waste of money. It was. But at the same time, he did come in midstream. He came in after, like, look, Robbie Ray for $8 million, Like, you should have signed that guy, right? But he was signed before Dombrowski even got hired, you know? So it's like, I can't kill Dave Dombrowski for that. So I think the key is that this guy knows what, it, to your point, to the point we keep making, this guy knows what a function, high-functioning organization should look like. And to your point about the Nashville thing that I thought was interesting because we both had concerns about that, if you flip it around and look at it like, like Dave Dombrowski has, has won World Series with two teams. He's taken another to the World Series. Like if Dave Dombrowski can can take the Phillies like to that next level, win a World Series, get them back into contention or, again, like – like that's like we're talking like all-time baseball executive resume. Like whatever you want to say about the person, the individual decisions, all that. Like he has a chance to not just be a Hall of Famer. Like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like he has a chance to be like, you know, talked in the Pat Gillick range and that kind of stuff. He might, you know, be getting close to that anyway. But if he can turn this Phillies thing around and set something up that's sustainable when he's gone, I mean, he's going to be remembered as one of the great executives in baseball history. Seriously. And the thing that I love is that for the first time, I want to say maybe since Gillick, and uh, Rube's tough because you know he did get a good job at the beginning, and we obviously know how it ended. But um, like for the first time in a, in a little while here, it feels like the Phillies are actually changing, and they're actually changing in a way that I can I can believe in. Like I thought I believed in Klentak, I thought I believed in those guys, but now that you know we're we're more seasoned in this, and we're we're starting to see how this whole thing works. I feel like they're actually changing. We're starting to see a new Phillies uh, kind of, well, I hope, I hope it turns into a Phillies way. Ultimately, it's going to manifest itself on the field. Like next year, like I, I, I don't know if I could sit through another season where every big trade we make or every, you know, free agent signing they make that's not, you know, Wheeler or Harper, the big guys. Um, they got, I can't sit through another year where the, the marginal guys don't, make up and step up and make a difference. But it, I just, it feels like the tide's kind of turning here. And it feels like we're about to enter into a, a really good era of Phillies baseball. I don't know if it's going to be next year. Like I, I actually, I really think they're going to make the playoffs next year. Uh, just like, I just, I have a good Look feeling. I have a good feeling. This is, this is the, the, of, of everything that was said in this entire podcast. That was the most Jack Fritz thing said. This I have a, podcast. I have a really good feeling about it. At this time next year, <laughs> we're going to be ready for, for, for playoff you're, Bills you baseball. Are, you are the best. Man. No, like, I, 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 I couldn't be look, more, I couldn't be more confident that they're going to make the, the playoffs next year. Like it, may, it might be blind <laughs> optimism. It might be all that stuff, yeah. but the, yeah. the playoff drought is coming to an end next year with Dave Dombrowski in charge, a guy that's going to be able to find the guys at the value, like the, 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 the fringe guys, the, the Marcus Simeons, the, the Robbie oh. Rays, like be Robbie able to Ray. find yeah, those let's guys. go with the Blue Jays. Yeah, just find, sign the Blue Jays, whoever they want. But seriously, like, I just feel like that there is this, this tide that is turning here. Like, like Dave Dombrowski traded for Steve Pierce and won a world series MVP. Cause he matched lefties. Like that's the kind of moves that they just had. Well, look, I mean, look, we need not go further than last night. Nate Eovaldi is on the Red Sox because of Dave Dombrowski. Right. 
most of that I mean, team's like, put together Nat because Sarkey of Nathan. His second big postseason with that. I mean, Evaldi has like had massive moments in Boston. Yeah, well, a lot of that team. I mean, like, yeah, that's still I'm a just lot saying, of specifically last night. We saw a perfect example of it. Yeah, it's just it, I trust the guy that's in charge, and if they have a like a real adult in the room leading this thing from the top down, knows how to win, knows the right what the right guys are. Like if 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 this was Andy McPhail hiring Preston Mattingly, I'd be like, oh, no shot. But it's it's Dave Dombrowski, and I feel like <laughs> you know how back in the day, the when you would go to bet on a horse, you'd have to look into the horse's eyes. Like I, I just feel like that's how Dave Dombrowski looks at <laughs> looks at his hires, and he knows how to look them in the eye and know if they're a winner or not. I love it. And that's I, how I, I hope he does that, dude. I hope he does that, dude. I just I'm so happy. All right, quickly, quickly before we get out of here, specifically with what Dombrowski said today, because he did say a lot, and he was, well, you know, lukewarm on Girardi. It seemed, you know, oh uh, no, uh, said Didi not locked in at shortstop. That was Gadir said they need a power bat in the lineup. Talked about, you know, a, a leadoff hitter, all these different things. Just, just taking on account. And look, we'll talk more about this stuff, and obviously, as the the season progresses, we're obviously going to do our perfect off season at some point. We are at some point gonna go back and look at all the the losses. The but not all ones. the losses. <laughs> We're not the the, the killer the losses. Ones. No, the big ones. The, yeah. You know what I mean? The 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 monumental ones that we remember and 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 diagnose that. Um, but but just you know, big picture, what he had to say today. What was your takeaway? Well, full disclosure is that. I was on the air when the whole thing was going yes, on. So like, yes, I, I'm just, but we, yeah, exactly. We've seen the quotes on generally. I am very excited to go home and watch it though. Cause I, I get a little giddy every time I hear Dave talk. He just makes me feel so, he feel, makes me feel so much better about the Phillies. You know, like he could, he could sell me on them when the world series next year. I'd be like, yeah, I agree, Dave. You're, you're, you make me feel so good <laughs> about the Phillies. But, uh, well, compared to Andy McPhail, what a win that is. Well, if dude, we it's like, it's like compared to Andy McPhail and then having to listen to this Eagles head coach. Uh, it's like, oh, wow, this is not how it's supposed to sound. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, like the, the the manager thing, I thought was interesting. Like the fact that he wasn't even thinking about the club option was like, ah, Joe, I don't know. I like, like he was. But they basically did they they kind of cornered him. Like, no, it said on the first release they had the club option, and he's like, all right, well, I guess he has a club option. Um, for it's basically like, yeah, it, it he's out unless yeah. like he really impresses me this year. Like, could not have made him more of a lame duck manager. Yeah, which is great. Fine. I, like, Love it. Yeah, I wish you'd fired him. Well, I, I, I'm guessing Don Middleton said I'm not paying him to leave. If I had to guess, I think he's still paying Gabe, who's won 106 games this year. So, uh, 107, Jack. 107. 107 right. Um, and, and I was actually Don't thinking, short our guy. I was actually thinking about it. Uh, well, we're talking about the next managerial search and kind of like the, the, the guy that looks the horse in the eyes and knows if he's a winner or not. Has Dave mm-hmm. Dombrowski ever not hired the right manager? So he hired he hired Leland in Detroit. He hired Felipe. Uh-huh. He, Did he, he, hired, he hired Cora too. He hired Alex Cora, who was who I, I mean Cora Cora is an all time great manager hire. Like all time great hire. Like you can you can bring up the uh, cheating all you want with Alex Cora. Like Alex Cora might be the best manager I've seen in my life. Uh, not might be. I mean, I don't it, I think I look, this version no, but like old school Tony La Russa is I think the best manager I've seen in my life. But, 
but he's up there. And let can, can we not like we're 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 falling in the trap. Kevin Cash is the best manager in baseball. Like let's not forget that. But Alex Cora oh. is is one of the one of the best I've seen. I'm not. I'm very with you. Well, my problem. I'm I'm still mad at Kevin Cash for Blake Snell, but that's just me. We got. We just gotta. Yeah, I know. It well, was a yeah, massive yeah. mistake. Well, also like, dude, dude. I mean, Kevin Cash also has disgusting guys out yes, of the bullpen. All the resources. All, right. He has everything you could possibly have. But Kevin Cash is very good. He's not. Of he's course, very he's very good. But Alex Cora, like. But I agree. I think Alex Cora is a way of relating to players, and it seems like there's he has relationships with players and getting the most out of players in a way that other people don't. Look, this Red Sox, Red Sox team was an 80 win team uh, in terms of win projection coming into the season. Like they projected him in 80 games. Like yeah, they, he got a lot out. Of they had the fourth pick in the draft last year. Yeah, like they're and now they just they won ninety two games. Stunt, of course, they got that freaking shortstop. It's like, come on, Marcelo. Yeah, of course. I know, I know. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like Chaim like would mess that up. Come on. Well, he didn't sign a second round pick, so Chaim's washed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, but yeah, but other than that, like he hired Leland in, in Detroit, he hired Felipe Alou, and he fired and he hired uh, Alex Cora, and I mean he he did. Uh, inherit John Farrell, so he knew he was wrong. So maybe Dombrowski saw what he saw from Girardi last year and, and kind of said, listen, if you don't if you don't show up this year, uh you're you're out. And and it's just surprising that we're that we're here with Joe, but um the Yankees can have him back if they want. Like if they really I mean people forget that Oh tw- yeah. That, I mean they might want. That twenty seventeen Yankees team, you know, people forget about that team. The architect of, of of that fine squad. <laughs> if you want him back, go ahead. Um, yes, but, yeah, we would be willing to barter with you. Yes, yes. So, yes. Uh, yeah. so that was interesting to me. The DD thing, like, I'm glad he was seemingly very open and honest about it. Like, I would hope so. He did bat to like two of six this year and played some of the worst events I've seen. So he'll, he'll probably be back because of the 14 million dollar contract and and whatnot. But it was refreshing to see, like, yeah, no, he wasn't good enough. And that's probably how he felt, you know, look at the player development and, and front office stuff like that. Yeah, no, no, I'm he, sure it was. And he was like, oh, I can fire these guys quicker. Get out. Right. <laughs> I'm with you. But I, am, I, I think it is refreshing. I am really curious. Like, he's talking about a middle-of-the-order bat. How are you going to get that? Is it is it through a trade? I don't think it's going to be through uh, free agency just because <laughs> – I don't know if the luxury tax threshold is going down. I definitely don't think they're going to go over it. Um, so I'm very curious to see if he can get a middle of the order bat because that would be, that would be massive. Yeah, I think it's unbelievably necessary. I mean, we saw it this year even when Reese out and Reese is you know a nice bat, obviously, but you know, I mean, with Reese out, it was like the the lineup just tanked. I mean, Harper was it. We know that. Like so, yeah, they desperately need one and. You know, we'll dive into the names and the the, the Corey Seegers of the world, the Nick Cassianos of the world, Carlos Correa. Here, yeah, there's some names out there, there. dude. It's a it's uh, Trevor Story. Like, it's a low. I, I know. I was actually going through the free agent tracker, uh, like yesterday. It's insane this year, dude. Yeah, there's names. If they don't, if they don't get two impact players for like, that's the minimum. Like, there's so many players. Like, there's so well, many that, good players. That's why. Well, that's why. And I do think, look, Dave Dombrowski said that it's not about how much uh, it's not that that we're not spending enough money. It's how we use the money. And he's right. Like, yeah. Look, they have the fifth highest payroll in baseball. They should absolutely be able to be a playoff team with that. Again, the Rays, you know, all these teams, the Rays had, you know, a quarter of that money. The Phillies were bottom five in baseball in terms of dollars per win. Bottom five. And they won 82 games. You know, what I mean, like. 
that's like obviously not enough and stuff, but in terms of dollars per win, there are teams that won in the fifties and stuff like that, you know, to low sixties, you know? So if you think about dollars per win, like that's how bad the Phillies were this year comparative to how much they spent. So he's right about that. But at the same time, the situation they're in Jack, like I don't know without the minor league influx, like we've talked about, you know, where you have to build that from the ground up. Like, I don't know how you get better without without spending, without going into the tax. Like, you can make some creative trades, whatnot. You could do that. But, like, our, our, if we're really talking about being a playoff team, like, suck it up and spend money. Well, like, I don't know what else there is. Well, but I do think that. I do think but that. Right now. Well, right now. Well, that's fine. But I do think with the uh, McCutcheon's off the books, Odubel's off the books, that's $35 million that are that is open up there. I think you should be able to make some good, smart signings with that kind of money. So, like, I'm not going to say I, – obviously, I want them to go over the tax. Uh, but I'm trying to work within the the realms of reality. And honestly, like I, I hear what you're saying about going out and buy. Like I'm just, I'm sort of sick of buying. Like I just don't think it's how you win. And I know they gotta do it. If they really want to compete next year. I'm just, I'm just. And I know it's gonna take a little bit for the the uh, real turnaround in the minor leagues with the talent in the lower levels. It's just I'm kind of sick of it. Like getting getting free agents in here is fun, but I just don't think it's how you win. And I don't think it's how you sustain winning. And I don't think it's. Oh, I agree. I agree. Like that, we both agree. But I'm saying for right now, like, what else are you supposed to do for the situation you're in well, right now with Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler and like this core of guys that you've paid money to that are here to win, that are ready to win? You're already spending all this money. Like, what else are you gonna do? Like, I don't know what else, what other option there is to make this team significantly better in the short term. Talking this year and next year, I don't, I don't know what else there is to do, Jack. Like, I'm with you. I, I, I want them to. That's why I said a double barrel approach for. I almost feel like Dombrowski is in this spot where he has to, you know, find a way to do whatever he can to compete at the major league level now because of who's here, how much money you've spent, the organizational commitment, the commitment to the fans you've made. You've said it's time and all that stuff. But at the same time, like, the far more important thing is the thing happening over there with Preston Mattingly and whoever else you hire and Brian Barber to, to make that for the future and really for three, four, five years from now, like that's the that's the most important thing. But for the here and now, the how do we compete next year? Like I just don't I don't know what the other path is. You have some money freed up, obviously. And if you use it creatively, great. Like I'm all for that. But like, I mean if you really want to be markedly better, I don't know what else you do. Well, whatever decision is made, they're <laughs> gonna make the they're gonna make the playoffs and you can book it. You can book it. Well, whatever move they make. I think they're going to go out and spend some money. Um, and when they do, it's going to be the correct move. And everything is fine. So that's my final message on that. But yes. I love it. Look at you. Oh. Happiness, positivity. Hashtag we trust you, Dave. Yes. Yes. Our guy, Dave, no, that we never doubted. Not for one second. <laughs> not once. No, not nope. once. Um, are right, you got any take bag or did you get it all out already? Uh, no, I got some take bags. Uh, yeah, the- okay. Yeah, we got we got some stuff that I had written down here. All right, well let's let's do it. I'm getting I mean, there. For it. Oh. I come for the take bag. Everything else is filler. The Bryce the Bryce like end of season press conference was pretty annoying to me. Um, like he's talking about how the minor leaguers didn't come up and and do their jobs and whatnot, and it's like, yeah, I mean, sure, Bohm didn't have a good year, but like other than that, did the Phillies not make the playoffs because Maton Moniak? Luke Williams, uh, 
like some bullpen guys, some stuff. Like, did they miss the playoffs because those guys weren't good, or was it because Didi took a step back? McCutcheon wasn't the same player. Like your boy Brandon Kinsler was terrible. Um, <laughs> my my boy. No, when no, Bryce Bryce's boy Brandon Kinsler oh, was oh, terrible. Like, so I actually kind I kind of agree and kind of don't. I do think you're right. And Chase Moore, Matt Chase Chase Moore. Chase Moore. Let's just say Chase yeah, Moore. Yeah, Chase Moore. Why not? Why not? Yeah, listen. His, yeah, his Matt own... Anderson, that's part of it too. Yes. But I, I, I agree with you partially, but I also think that like in a macro sense, I think he's right. Like I do think that like that organizational depth is the biggest problem with this team. Like the fact that when guys get hurt, when guys struggle, there is no organizational depth to come up and fill in those holes. I mean, like the Dodgers, the Rays, they, they just keep bringing guys up. They keep moving in. Guy Like Shane Baz is going to pitch game two of the playoffs. Like he wasn't oh. even with the team most of the season. Like the there's actual, so many. The actually just, good Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, that's good. A good thing. But they just, you know, wander. You could trade Willie Adam, uh, Adamas because you got Wander Franco. Let's go. And that's a high end version of this. But I mean, the idea that, like, I do think Bryce has a point. I just, uh, I don't think that blaming this past season on that is the <laughs> correct or right tack. But I do think that he's right organizationally. Like, they need that. They need guys that they can cycle, especially the, the pitching side of things, bullpen side. Like, have these guys who can come up and get outs. Like, please. No, and, and listen, I agree from the standpoint of the whole organization. And, like, he did come from Washington who had, like, Juan Soto coming through the system and Victor Robles, who wasn't that good. But, like, he had young talent that was coming up and ready to, to go. And I, I understand. But I'm just saying blaming this last year on minor leaguers is not the is not the correct. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. Inherently, I agree. Uh, I just want to send a uh, congratulations and hopefully they re-sign this guy to Hector Neris. The all-time franchise leader in strikeouts by a reliever. Never a doubt. Hector the Protector. And please, re-sign him. Uh, sure, except that I feel like by saying that, we just cause Hector like trip and break an arm or something because we can never say anything nice about Hector without him you know, ruining it the next day so or later that day. So just just maybe stay home for a day, Hector. Be careful. But yes, Cosa. Well, this is the new Phillies, James. So I'm not worried for Hector anymore. Hector's going to be fine. And re-sign Hector. Congratulations on being the all-time leader in strikeouts by reliever for a guy who's not a closer, apparently. Moving on. I have a name for hitting coach that I want them to hire. Are you ready? Yeah. No one's going to know who this is. So this is very niche. This is for the 49th minute. (laughs) This is for the 49th minute of this podcast for the people that are still listening. Yes. Yes. His name, his name is Aaron Bates. He is the assistant hitting coach for the Dodgers. Right organization to go after. I'm in. Yes. I'm in. I'm in. I don't need to hear anything else. I'm in. Yes. And Bryce talked about how like he wants the best guy out there uh, that's on the market, at least. I I think coming from the Dodgers, knowing how that's done, knowing that they, they like basically create swing plans for every single hitter on their team, and they all know how to hit, like, the Dodgers, everyone comes up and they know exactly what to do. And um, I think Gelb mentioned that they wanted to get a top-down approach like on the pitching side. They already had that with Cotham and, and, and hopefully working their way down there. Well, same thing needs to happen on the hitting side, and I think Aaron Bates is the right guy to lead that just from the standpoint of um, coming from the Dodgers, seeing how they do things, having swing plans. Like That's what made the Dodgers or the, the Giants so impressive this year. Is like Every guy felt like had a plan of attack 
and knew what he was doing and and actually game planned and all that stuff. And I don't think there's like I think the Dodgers are one of the best teams in baseball when it comes to game planning and and you know actually having their teams prepared for certain pitchers. So Aaron Bates, the uh, the assistant hitting coach with the Dodgers, is my and the high hopes official pick for replacing Joe Dillon as hitting coach. Go sign. Yes. James, it looks like the three batter minimum and the runner on second rule is donezo. I actually wish they would have kept the runner on second rule, personally. Yeah, me too. Me too. It make I'm it, it, it. It make. I'm good with it. Yeah, yeah. It make games fun. Yeah, games, I don't need 17 inning baseball game. Like they're fun and all that, but but. I can't stay up till four in the morning to watch a baseball game. I can't stay up till two in the morning to watch a baseball game. Like I wish I could. Like I would if I had all the free time in the world. But like, I have to work. It's it's just a lot for me. Like I'm forty, Jack. I'm old. Yeah. I'm good with it. I uh, yeah. So I, I I do. I would be I would be fine if they brought it back. You know, selfishly, the games here during the day that go to extra innings. Like wow, I love the extra inning rule. Because it gets the game over with, and I don't have to stay that much longer. So, um, yeah, I would, I would, I would turn, I would turn that decision around if I was Major League Baseball. Um, I don't see really the downside in doing it, but whatever. Um, anniversary of Doc's no hitter. What a major, you know, what a day. Uh, I still maintain to this day that he had better stuff in that game than he had in his no hitter. Also, Jay Bruce was selfish for not getting out and taking that walk, even though it was a strike on the two-two count. So. Um, yeah, Jay Bruce, forever the villain here and never was liked as a player. Also cost Roy Halliday a perfect game in the playoffs. So, uh, magical wow. day, <laughs> magical day. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I can't do that to Jay. Uh, He's, he was your guy. I he was your guy. Jay yeah. here. And also it's not Jay's fault. The ump was bad. Like uh, that was the ump's fault. Like it should have been a strikeout. Like it's on the ump. I agree. I agree. And, uh, yeah. Just one of those, you know, moments where you'll never forget where you were. So, what a magical day! And the final thing, well, going off of that, have I told you or anyone on this podcast that I never went to one playoff game during that Phil's run? What? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. What? Maybe I've been too ashamed to ever put that out there. Um, but yeah, I never went to one playoff game. I I, I watched them all from home. Wow, man, that is like. I'm blown away by this. Yeah. I mean, I I probably went to over the whole run, like, I don't know, 10? Maybe I went to, to a World Series game, like, maybe not 10, but at least 8, 8 to 10. Like, wow. I know. That's crazy. Yeah, I never went I'm, to one. I'm, I'm legitimately shocked by that. Yeah. I'm legitimately like, shocked. I was playing, obviously, I was, I was playing baseball in high school still, you know, so, like, I didn't have, like, all the time in the world to get down there. Um and my parents were like, never like, ah, well, they'll be in it next year. We'll take you. And then it was like, well, next year happening. <laughs> and then it was 2012. And I was like, well, I'm just kidding. Uh, and, th- and I was like, oh, well, next year they'll be in. And then a decade later, I'm doing a podcast talking about how I've never been to a playoff game. I have never been to a Phillies playoff game. Like, wow. I- this is unreal. This is unreal, man. All right. So it, it, so this is perfect that you said this because you made the point earlier, like, oh, they're going to do it. Dave and this. Like, Forget the decade. Forget the the all of it. Like, do it to bring Jack to a playoff game. Like, what are we doing here? 
get Jack to a playoff game. That should be uh, the 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 club's motto this year. What else are we doing, Jack? Yeah. Oh they, my god, buddy. They should. Oh my god, I can't believe this. Like I'm 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 like both flabbergasted and terribly sad for you. I want you to be at a playoff game. Believe me, I'm sad for myself. Um, <laughs> honestly, like I agree with you. They should make a sign like Notre Dame does and yes. have that hanging in the locker like room. Ted Lasso, the believe, the boom. It should be get Jack to the playoffs. They should hit with, with their hand every time they walk out of the locker room. Clubhouse, boom. I agree. So, uh, yeah, and honestly, I've already thought about playoff base, like my playoff plans. And, I mean... I could probably get a, a, a press credential if I wanted to, but I I would spend I'm spending the money. Like I, I'm being I'm being fan guy that night. I'm not doing the whole oh well, I'm gonna go to the press box for the for a playoff game. No, I I'm already thinking about it, and I need I want to be a fan for 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 that night. So uh, I would I just I don't know why I never brought it up on this podcast before, but I figure it's about time. And the playoff drought is ending this year. It's over this time next year. You and I, pal, are going to be doing a live high hopes from somewhere, I'm sure, uh, <laughs> getting set for a Phil's playoff game. And I genuinely, genuinely can't wait. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. This is not going to be a reverse jinx. That That's over. Dave is here. Uh, it is it is go time. And uh, I need playoff baseball. I wish I was a part of playoff baseball back in the run. But it's time for a new run. I love it. I, I got nothing else to say. Do it for Jack. That's where I'm at. Do you, it for you've Jack. said that many times on this podcast. Yeah, but this time, I mean, this is like everyone else listening who's who's the vast majority of been to playoff games, I'm guessing, are like, God, poor Jack. Like, this is sad. <laughs> they've like, heard, they've heard this guy they've heard this guy talk about whole, the Phillies. Yeah. For I know. someone whose whole identity is the Philadelphia Phillies, who who literally lives and dies, like who, whose, you know, entire day or week or whatever is, is either made happy or sad strictly on the results of this kid's game. Like, man, you need to be at a playoff game, Jack. I thought about this the other day. I think about the Phillies a lot. Like, I know, buddy. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a lot, like far too much. I, I love you, and I love the Phillies, and I love this podcast. You, you, you think about the Phillies too. You do, you do for your own mental health, for your own sanity, dude. I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. I love it. Like I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change it for a second. And I know they're like the, they've lost like more. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. I love it. I love them. I love this baseball team. I really do. I really love them. I know. We know. And for the I, every every single person right now is nodding their head and being like, "Yep, we know." For the first time in a while, though, James, I really trust them, and that's that's a good place <laughs> to be at. Oh, buddy, I love it. I love it. Um, you got anything else? I don't. Everything's great. I think I think it's a good spot then. Yeah. I'm just just. Pure positivity. Just, just I got blind optimism. <laughs> gotta be honest. Little positive for an eighty two and eighty team. <laughs> you think, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's yeah. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, all right. Uh we'll be back soon. Yeah, it might are take we, a week off. Are you but... and I doing a parade down broad for eighty two and eighty? Like are we <laughs> no. planning that for this weekend? Oh, buddy. Uh MVP. 
Hey, hey, MVP. Hey, last question before getting out of here. Sure. And you got to answer this honestly because we don't lie to the high hopes listeners. Oh, terrific. Who makes the playoffs first, the Phils or the Eagles? Oh, the Philly. Wow, it sucks for the Eagles. They must be screwed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Phillies. For sure. Wow. I actually, I actually, I actually feel strangely confident about that. Yeah, that's because you listen. And to- I, I don't, I don't know if that's bad or good. That's because you've listened <laughs> to the last fifty-nine minutes of this podcast, pal. <laughs> All right. We're out of here. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll definitely be back with all kinds of off-season content and all that. And again, to, you know, we love you all. We would, we wouldn't be here without you. And thanks for being weird with us. And you know, think about Jack this time. <laughs> oh, not you know? too much. Think about him and how he's never been to a playoff game and how let's put that out there now. Like just imagine, you know, when you go to bed at night, maybe take like 30 seconds. I'm not saying the whole, you know, everything or whatever, but 30 seconds and just think envision Jack jumping up, waving his rally towel, getting excited at a Phillies playoff game. Let's let's put it out in the universe. Let let's let's secret this thing, dude. Let's secret this thing. Let's make it real. What do you think? Well, my only thought at this point is I really hope Dave's listening to this point of the podcast. I'm I'm gonna guess no one's listening at this point in the podcast. Well, they should be. For, yeah, for that reason, we should probably get out of here. You know? Yeah, I agree. We trust you, Dave. Spread some salt over here.